All right. Good morning, y'all. Awesome. Uh, my name is Pastor Cody. I'm a student pastor here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. I say welcome. It's great seeing you guys this morning. Full house. It's awesome. It's amazing. Sweetness. Todd always says, I say that word. I think I said it once in my life. And he always proclaims, oh, Cody always is sweetness. Oh, sweetness. We're in a series talking about AKA God, um, the names of God. And Todd last week, he did his nicknames um, that he had growing up. And they were like, hey, Cody, you should do yours. So I will give you my nicknames when I was uh, growing up and still today, actually, some of them. One of them we'll start with is uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> when I had longer hair, um, people were like, you look like Matthew McConaughey. Um, my small group uh, gave me this one, so I figured I'd give him a shout out. Um, Abercrombie model. Uh, <laughs> that. Yep, that was Bob. Uh, he gave me that one. It was great. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Uh, I got this one when I was in the military. Uh, is the wrenching reverend. I like that one. I was a mechanic in the military, and I told people about Jesus. So they were like, hey, you're a wrenching reverend. It's like, I like that one. Uh, this one was given to me by my first stepfather. Uh, don't talk to him. Stupid. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at my expense. I took counseling for that one. <laughs> Thank you. It was great. My biological father gave me this one. He called me bird belly because when I was little, I had a little bird belly. <laughs> Once again, you laugh at my expense. Oh, wow. <laughs> Go home. I'm done. Now, see, uh, the thing about our names, some of them, as Pastor Todd said last week, some of them have truth. Some of them are far-fetched. But what I love about the names of God describes his attributes or his characteristics or his character as such as God is love. See, his names are truth. And they have weight. And my prayer, or our prayer as a church is that you guys will walk away in this series with a, a better appreciation of God. And we're going to talk about the names of God, speaking from the Father aspect. Last week, um, we talked about the Lord of hosts. This week, I get a pleasure of introducing another name, Yahweh, or Yehovah Shema. Yehovah Shema, the description for this name is speaking of the Lord is there. The Lord is there. Yehovah Shema. Say that with me. Yehovah Shema. Um, when we were talking about names, Todd and I, we, we, we had this book of the names of God. And, and for God Father, there's 200-something names in the Bible specifically addressing God Father. And how do you pick one name and say, okay, I'm going to talk about this name. But there was something about when Todd was like, hey, you should talk about this. And I was like, are you sure you really want me to talk about this? And it was great what God has um, shown to me of this name. And I hope this morning you'll be able to, to get something from this. Uh, you who are here and those who are listening online. 
I'm going to jump in prayer real quick before we start off with Yahweh, Jehovah Shema. God, thank you so much for, uh, for this morning and this time that I get to talk about your presence and that you are on your throne. God, you are greater. You are higher above all things. God, you are amazing. You're able through your will, Lord. You are able. And I thank you so much for this time we get to have to share and be in your presence, Lord. I pray through your spirit, God, that you speak through me and my words not be of my own, but may my words give you glory, talking about your presence, Father. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Um, I, the first time that this uh, Jehovah or Jehovah Shema is mentioned is actually in Ezekiel chapter 4835. And Ezekiel is talking about the new earth, the new kingdom, which is great. Uh, I get to actually introduce or kind of give you a snippet of what's going to happen here on Hilton Head Island Community Church. We're going to go over a series called Heaven. And Pastor Todd is going to speak to you guys about heaven and what, what's that all about. And I told him, I was like, I get to do a little snippet. Is that okay? They said, yes. And so I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about heaven, but more focusing on God's presence in heaven. So if you guys can turn with me the, on the screen, it's the scripture there. Ezekiel 48, we're just going to read the part, uh, part B, where it says, And the name of the city from that time on shall be the Lord is there. Again, the city he's speaking of is this new earth that is after the millennium. It's after the great white throne judgment. Again, this is a snippet. We will dive into this later on in July with Pastor Todd. He's smarter than me, so I give that him responsibility. Uh, and so Ezekiel is talking about this city that is to come, that, that he wants the exiles who were from Judah to be looking forward to that there will be a day where you will be in the presence of God. So why, why is that important? Well, because if you think about it, Ezekiel was a prophet, and he was just exiled from his homeland. And he was trying to encourage his readers of like, hey, there's something coming I want you to, to be focusing on during this time of struggle. Can you imagine being taken away from your homeland you know, you, all your friends, all what you know will be taken away. And now you're here, you're just waiting. And so he was writing to a, individuals, a remnant of people who he was trying to encourage and say, hey, there's something coming. There's going to be a day when you be in the presence of the Lord. And so the presence of the Lord throughout the Old Testament was kind of sporadic. Like one time, like he was walking with God, I mean, he's walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. There was a presence of God there. Then sin happened, then separated God and us. And then God showed up to Israel through the tabernacle, the ark, and the temple. And then when Israel sinned and was disobedient to God, then God separated himself again. And then this person named Jesus appeared. And we read this in John as we went through. Um, Pastor Todd has spoken that when we're talking about our 30 days, our 30 projects in 30 days, Todd spoke about this passage about 
Jesus was full of grace, full of truth. And he was present with us, full of grace, full of truth. So now Jesus died. He was resurrected and now he's with the Father. He brought the Spirit on his behalf. And so now we have this struggle of figuring out what is God's presence and what is our sin nature with the Spirit of God and what is us. So, sporadically through the Bible, we see interaction of God present, gone away. God present, something else is here. So Ezekiel was trying to encourage, as, as we can read in this, that we can also be encouraged that there will be a day where we'll be in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. See, there was somebody else who understood this concept of the Lord's presence. You may know him. His name was John. You may know him as Beloved. He was the beloved apostle, and he wrote a gospel and he also read Ezekiel. He knew the law. He knew what Ezekiel wrote. And he kind of planned out, or I would say, he kind of showed the roadmap to this presence of God. He took that, the Lord is there, and developed it more when he was on Patmos. And he, too, was exiled from his friends. He was on the island of Patmos, writing, just waiting He's writing to his readers of, don't worry, life is rough, but there is a day coming. So if you guys don't mind, turn with me into Revelations 21. And I believe John answers the question, what do we need to know about Jehovah Shema? What, what do we need to know about this name? And uh, we'll read, as John says in Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Hmm. This is, this is huge. This is huge because, I don't know about you, but I have insecurities. I know, shocker, right? How can somebody named Matthew McConaughey have insecurities? I, I, you can ask my wife. I have insecurities. Um, and so when the days that I have insecurities of, am I doing this right? God, are you sure you want me here? Or are you sure this is your plan? Because I see all what's happening. Are you sure this is your, you've got this? In the midst of insecurities of life, God is secure on his throne, preparing the way for his children to be in his presence. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you could do that can make the foundations of God's throne be shaken. What does that mean? No matter how bad that divorce may have been, it didn't shake the throne of God. No matter how bad that business transaction or the, the job that you lost, no matter how bad and ugly that was, there is a God who is on his throne, not shaken by it. So what does that mean for us today? In the midst of our uncertainty of life, there is a God who is certain. 
He's not shaken. If you're worried, oh my gosh, is God like panicking like, oh, he lost his job. What do I do? What do I do? Angels! No. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the God who breathes stars. He breathes in life. He breathes and trees come to existence. He breathes in galaxies and galaxies come to an existence. So what does that mean for us? You can't do anything to shake him. He's on his throne, secure, waiting for you, waiting for that day to be unified with you. And we can't fully understand this, of this waiting period, because again, we're in this period of time to where the presence of God is through his Holy Spirit. And we're kind of battling whether it's God nudging us or is our selfish ambitions that's driving us. See, there can't be that in the presence of God. There can't be us thinking that we know what is right and what is better. We call that sin. And sin separates us from God because God is holy. And I want to talk a little bit about holiness. As Moses approached the burning bush and God said, take off your shoes for you were on sacred land because his presence is holy. Holy means separated from. And the best way that I can describe being separated from is that anybody growing up had that special room where your mom would never allow you to go in. I'm the only one, huh? There goes my illustration. Great. Uh, there was a room in our house that was the entertainment room. And it was funny. I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. They were, the fine china was in there. The, the artwork that I did when I was like three years old, whatever my mom cherished was in that room. The reason why all the cherished treasures of my mom was in that room, because she built a gate that literally was two gates. You know, like the pet plastic gate that you have to slide apart? Well, three of those. She built it. She nailed three gates up. No child, pet, breathing creature could go into that room. It was the white carpet, you know, awesome stereo system. The thing that I didn't get was the uncomfortable couch that she loved. I think it was more for decoration. Like, it looked good, but when you sat on it, it didn't really feel like, why is this in here? But this room was separated from the whole house, and my mom put up gates to block all filth, kids, pets, anything from entering this room. One day, uh, my stepfather, my current stepfather, Tom, he encouraged my mom, like, hey, we should probably have Christmas in here. Why? Because that was the only room that was free because there was three boys in the house. If anybody have three boys, you know that our stuff goes everywhere. Just throw it on the ground. That's where we're at. And so mom was like, mom agreed. She was like, okay, yes, we can have Christmas in this special room. Sorry, I'm sitting on the cord. And so we went in there, and I tell you what, it was awesome. It, I, I touched the carpet. I was like, ooh. Have you ever stepped on new carpet? I lived in this house for 10 years, stepped on new carpet. <laughs> Weirdest thing. 
And I, I was like, ooh, I, I touched the stereo. I saw the tree, silver and gold. It was, oh, it was, it was immaculate. It was awesome. So this is, this, is, this is great. This is the place I want to be. Why? Because it was clean. I'm a boy. <laughs> Stepping in clean stuff is kind of new for me. It was beautiful. Hasn't been touched. No dirt anywhere. And see, holiness, God's holiness is like that room. It can't have anything dirty in it. Why? Because then it wouldn't be immaculate. It wouldn't be beautiful. It would be tainted. It would be destroyed by our messy shoes. Hence, take off your shoes in the presence of the Lord. God's holiness. But it doesn't stop there. God's holiness also goes to the Son, Jesus Christ. Like my stepfather, Jesus intervened with the Father saying, they're good. <laughs> There's no place for them to go. They have to come in here. They have to be in your presence. They have to come in. And don't worry, I got them. I, I'll work on them. And God, there'll be a day where God will allow his children once again to be in his presence. You will be able to step into that room with your shoes that have been cleaned by the blood of Jesus Christ. To be in his presence, ladies and gentlemen, you must be clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is huge. It's awesome. But don't you worry about this life because God is on his throne. Why is this important, Cody? Why is Jehovah Shema important? Why being the presence of God is important? Well, I think if we look at verse 4, he answers that and he says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed. Why is this important? Because on the days where his presence isn't felt, because our sinful nature is struggling with the, uh, with the Holy Spirit, Going back to God's promises or his promises will more likely provide a moment of comfort in the midst of insecurities. Because there will be a day of no more. Warren Wearsby, a commentary, he says in his commentary of this book, Revelations, Revelation, he says, the central city is so wonderful that the best way John found to describe it was by contrast of no more. The believers who first read this book had, was inspired and in rejoicing because they were slain. They were killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine with me just for a little bit, if you proclaim Jesus and you, you could die for just saying, I'm a Christ follower, and somebody would just like, okay, you're going to be burned to death. And then, some, then the apostle John writes this book and says, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, this present time, it's not cool. But there'll be an, a day with no more pain. No more suffering. This passage is huge in my life because my father, 
some of you may know this, some of you may not. My father is in a wheelchair. He's been in a wheelchair for 22 years of my life. He chose to drink and drive. He got in a car accident, and now he's in a wheelchair. I can't remember my dad walking. Uh, one of the most hurtful things of our, our conversations together is that. He says, you don't remember when I did this or did that? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I don't remember you walking. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be a day where I will run with my father because he accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. There will be a day where I will jump with my father because there will be no more pain and suffering for those who trust in Christ Jesus. I, ladies and gentlemen, if that doesn't get you excited, then, then, then I don't know what else to tell you. Hey, fathers, you tired of running that rat race? There will be no more. No more need. Parents, kids drive you crazy? Sorry, I mean, there, there's nothing in the Scripture says anything about that one. <laughs> Sorry, you're, you're left on that one. No more. No more cancer. No more heart attacks. No more natural disasters. No more. No more striving for things that doesn't make sense. No more striving for things that never last. No more. In the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to find that here. This place is not your home. We'll dive more into that. Give you a little snippet. Enjoy it. I don't know about you guys, but that's the day that I'm looking forward to, of the no mores. Now, if you're wondering, Cody, how can I be in the presence of God? How, how can I, what, what, is, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? Simple. God loved the world, God loves humanity. You gotta know that God loves. God didn't come to condemn. John three seventeen. he didn't come to condemn, ladies and gentlemen. So if you think he's the God of, oh, I'm gonna burn you, that's false. And I apologize on behalf of the church age. If that's what somebody told you, hey, you're going to hell, I'm sorry. He did not come to condemn, but he has come to love. So what you need to know is that God loves. What else do you need to know? He sent his son. He sent his son on your behalf because your paycheck couldn't write what was due. Your bank account is not big enough for God. So if you think you can earn it, no, it's given. It's called grace. It's freely. You've been given what you don't deserve. It's grace. It's free. Take it. What you need to know, God loved and that God gave his son for you and for me and for us and for all the sins that has ever happened in the past and the future. The stuff that you do today was forgiven at the cross. Don't, you don't have to worry about, was it forgiven? Yes, it was paid for a long time ago. Putting your trust in Jesus is what you need to do. So if someone told you, oh, you need to get your life right, you need to behave false, no, 
We call that heresy. What you need to do, what we all need to do, is trust Jesus. Trust Jesus with your family. Trust Jesus with your job. Trust Jesus with your bank account. Trust Jesus with your kids. This, whoever believes in John 3, 16, that believe in Greek is translated wholehearted trust. I'll give you a little description. Ladies and gentlemen, me walking in this chair, do I trust this chair? Hey, I trust this chair. I trust this chair. I trust this chair. Me walking around just saying I trust this chair, do I really trust it? Do I really trust it? No, thank you. I'll keep you all awake. Dang on dang. Hey, how about this? Am I trusting this chair? Tell you what's a good exercise, though. Is this really trusting it? But ironically, this is some of us in here, isn't it? I love to have one foot with Jesus and one foot, so if something happens over here, whoop. Something weird happens over here, God wants me to do something. Ah, I'm taking it out. I'm back over here. Is that trusting Jesus? How do I trust Jesus? You can say it's okay. You sit with your whole weight. Everything. Not half of it. That's one foot on, one foot off. You trust Jesus with your very being. That, it will, that he will hold you up. You don't hold Jesus up. Jesus holds you up. This is the process of salvation. Trusting Jesus with your life. That's what you have to do. And I know it's the hardest thing to do. But he didn't leave you alone. He gave you the Spirit of God to help you with trusting himself. So how can we use the name of God of presence in our life? How can, what do we do from now? Well, I pray if you are, if you're not a believer, I pray that God will open your eyes to his presence because he's here. He's in the midst of us. I pray that you pray, God, show me. Show up. Watch out. Because when he does, oh man, words can't describe when God shows up. If you're a Christ follower, what, I, what, you, what you need to do is that in the midst of frustration, in the midst of insecurities, meditate on this. That one day, one day, you will be face to face with God. See, there'll be no more of your church attendance. There'll be no more of how many Bible studies you can get into. Why? Because you're in the presence. You'll be physically, bodily form, everything. Be physically in front of God if you trust in Jesus Christ. You could ask him. You won't need Pastor Todd and I to be like, hey, what does this mean? You just ask him. We're really not that smart. You be in the presence. You can touch him. How many of you guys have been in conversations like this? Well, I can't really believe in nothing that's there. Well, if we believe in error, then obviously that statement is false. But there'll be a day you can tell people, well, if you believe in or trust in Jesus Christ, you could touch him. 
You could be Thomas, and you stick your finger in his hole. You could touch and be in the presence of God. Meditate on that. There will be a day you could speak to your Father in heaven. This is what I want you guys to do. If you are a non-believer, and if you're like, Cody, I'm not even near that, I want you guys to pray with me. So we're going to pray for a little, for a little bit. We're going to be back into it. But for a non-believer, for the sake of trying not to create awkwardness, I want everybody to bow their heads. If you don't trust Jesus, if you're like, Cody, I want to know more about Jesus, I want you to pray this with me. So everybody, with their heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to pray with this. If you want that presence, if you want to be in this presence, I want you to pray this with me. God, forgive me of believing the lie that you aren't trustworthy. God, I have pursued things that are not good. Forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Even knowing that I was going to be a sinner, even knowing all my mess ups, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. God, thank you for rising up, Jesus. You rose him from the dead. Thank you. Spirit of God, I pray that you move in me. God, I desire to be in your presence. Guide me through your Son by your Spirit. Amen. And if you made, if that's your first time, made that commitment or to rededication, whatever it was, if you're like, I, I now want to be in the presence of God, fill this connection card out. Let us know. Ashley, I guess ever says, Kelly back there, they have a gift for you. If you're like, I want to know more about Jesus, we're going to equip you. We want to equip you. We're starting to do all these starting point classes. We're full now, but in fall, we're going to start another one. If you want to know about this walk and this conversation about Jesus, sign up for one of those classes whenever you hear of sign up. We'll tell you more about this. But right now, today, if this was your first time praying that, or if you, re- if you rededicated your life, fill this out. Give it to Ashley. We have a gift for you. Don't leave this place not knowing if you're going to be in the presence of God. That's not something I don't know about you, but that's not something I want to chance. I don't want to chance this, oh, well, maybe I'll do that when I grow up. How old are you and how, many long, how long have you been saying that? Hear it all the time with teenagers. Oh, I'm going I'm to wait till I'm getting older. Well, start now. You're getting older. So Christ followers, what do I want you guys to do? If you've already said, I've made that commitment, Cody. I've made that commitment. But what, how can I be in this presence? How can I be in this presence? The best way that I can describe this is in Psalms. Psalms 46, 10 through 11. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Salah. If you want to know more about the God or the Lord of hosts, go back to last week's message. Because Todd tells us 
the Lord of the angels' armies is by your side. If you want to know more about that Lord of hosts, go back. Please go back and listen about how the Lord of hosts can fetch your life today. So Christ followers, if you're like, okay, all right, so I need to be still and know that I am God. How do I do this being still? We're going to practice this. I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads again. Don't be looking at me. I'll call you out. I'm just joking. I want everybody to take a deep breath. Oh, you can do deeper than that, ladies and gentlemen. Deep. I'm talking, I would do it, but I got sinuses and something's going to cough up. Deep breath. Ow. All right. I want you guys to take your palms. I have your palms facing up as if you were receiving money or you're receiving a raindrop. I want you to palms up. Palms up. Take, take a deep breath. I've asked you guys with palms up because palms up symbolizes you are receiving. This is being still. Be still. Take another deep breath. I'm going to read the psalm over you. Another deep breath. Relax. Your fingers are just dangling. Ladies and gentlemen, be still. Know that I am God. Be still. You're in this rat race. Stop. Breathe. I got it. Why? Why do I got it? Because I would be exalted among the nations. You don't hold me up. I hold you up. I exalt myself. I don't need your help. The weight of the world is not on you. I put that on Jesus. I will be exalted among the nations. Another deep breath. I, not only would I be exalted above the nations, I'd be exalted in the earth. Your duty is not to be good. Your duty is to be still and know that I am God. Another deep breath. Be still and know that I am God. Why? Because I am the Lord of hosts. I am the God who's in control of the angel armies. Do you really think that you got it? Do you really think that you're in control? I am the Lord of hosts. I am the God of Jacob. Remember what I did for Israel. I set them free. Remember what I did through my son, Jesus Christ. I set you through, free from sin. I am your fortress. Another deep breath. You guys look up here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's being still. Being still is palms up saying, you are God. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got it. You want to be in the presence of God today. Yehovah Shema. Be still. Be still. I know your life is crazy. And I know there's been things that's been happening that's probably make it even more crazier. In the midst of insecurities, the best thing that we can do is remember that he will exalt himself, that he is God, that he's in charge of the angel armies, 
And what more would he do for the ones he loves? I want to pray over you guys. Bow your heads. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, so that today we can experience through your spirit of what is to be in the presence of God. God, thank you so much for loving us. Loving us because one day we'll be in your presence. And God, we don't deserve to be in your presence that, on that day. But you bestowed grace on us. So thank you for grace. Thank you for your love. Spirit of God, if there's somebody in here who doesn't know you, Spirit, I pray that you move in them and they go back and they tell Kelly or Ashley that they want to start a commitment with Jesus Christ. And those for, who have trust in Jesus and they haven't spent time with you, Spirit, I pray that you give them an unquenchable desire to go into the Bible and to read the names for themselves. I pray, God, that they spend five minutes starting out of just being still and remembering that you are God. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence. I pray for more, more experiences through Christ in your spirit. We lift up all these things in your name. Amen.